<laughs> Anyways, ready? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, ready mm-hmm. for the open? Well, uh, not when you're given dirty looks, no. I didn't give you a dirty look. That's just mm-hmm. the way I look. You are rude. Oh, excuse <laughs> You are like, that's Papa. just how I look. It wasn't a dirty look. You gave me a dirty look. I say you smell like laundry. I tell Josh that his hair looks great and it looks longer. And y'all are coming for me. Yeah, actually, she, she didn't say it looks great. I did. She just said it looks long. Well, At no that, point did she a, say it looks good but or that's great. A compliment. She said your hair is long. Well, and I just heard you look dirty and you smell. Anyways. Oh my god! Just hit. Thank you. What is wrong with you two? Girl cannot give up a compliment, can she? Hi, and welcome to the Kent Now podcast. I'm Mayor Dana Ralph. In this podcast, you will hear from city leaders, city workers, and engaged residents. We discuss local news, current events, and provide educational and engaging content for the Kent resident who wants to stay plugged into our community. Thanks for listening. Now here are our hosts, Josh Mossberg and Tracy Taylor. Can I ask a quick question? Why does our room smell like sausage? It like it smells like sausage in here. It smells like sausage. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not, it's not giving sausage to it's me. It's not giving sausage. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I just can't smell. Just Lighter. kidding. Well, we're back and better than ever. I say that every time. Uh, episode number four. Quattro. Am I right? Sorry. See? That was way too loud. <laughs> okay, we'll turn that down. Try it again. That's better. See? Thank you. Okay. Love that. All right. All right, we're back with another episode of Kent Now. Are you awake now? Coffee is not kicked at all. This weather is stupid. Can I just say that? Am I allowed? I'm I'm going on the record and I'm saying this weather is stupid. I am done, done with the rain. I'm done with the cold. What was this snow on Monday? What What is happening? Snow hail. It's supposed to be like, Mar- well, now that I think about it, isn't March supposed to come in like a lion and out like a lamb? Is not that how that works? I've never heard that before. Or is that May? I have not either. <laughs> Wait, I'm not sure. Is it, was it May? coming in like a lion and out like a what? Lamb. 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 Yeah. So because April showers bring May flowers. Oh, <gasps> that's heard that right. One. Okay. So it's March comes in but like it's a lion. February. Out. No. What? It's well. Well, you're talking like about today. April and and I know, May, but it's February. I, I, when this publishes, it's March. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> like day one. But earlier this week, it was snowing. That's true. And so, yeah, because the saying, I believe, is March comes in like a lion, out like a lamb. Mm-hmm. And then it's April showers, bring May flowers. I know that one. Is there like a saying for every month? I'm or not every sh- couple months? Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm not sure. Those are the two Do that some, I remember. Uh, investigating. I will, I will. I will definitely look into that. Traumatized. <laughs> It's always fun. I don't know. That's Wait, like, that's, what do you mean it's fun? Oh man, it feels like you're in Star Wars and you go into, you know, light speed. And you're like, blasting through the oh, stores. You got the okay. sun, you know, snow when coming it's really you. coming down. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the best. That kind of scares me when that happens, though, because it's like uh, these other people get <laughs> discombobulated by the. Well, of course, everyone everyone drives worse except for. Us. Of course. Yeah, They're duh. also in their own TIE fighters, just oh, zipping boy. along the galaxy as well. So <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's right. cool, though. You know, you're kind of like, is it going to stick? Like, are we going to get some some snow accumulation, mm-hmm. as in the National Weather Service likes to put it? But no, it didn't, didn't really quite stick. It didn't. It was uh, like slushy and wet and gross and 
all that. Yeah, well, this whole week has just been wet and gross and bleh. So, isn't that kind of just part of the package of living here? No, mm -mm, no, absolutely not. I mean, I get it. I get it. But I am. How long have you lived here? I'm so over the dark and the gray. Like, Mm. the seasonal depression is real for real. Mm. So. I'm ready for some sunshine, some warmer weather. I am not ready for allergy season. That is That's j- what I'm really not looking forward to. Like on the door. I guess I would be all for, you know, some sun here and there. And we do get that. And yeah, it's been cloudy and rainy for a while. And I, I personally am a fan. But <laughs> allergy season is going to be brutal. I feel like it just, for me personally, it's gotten worse and worse every single year. Mm. Like, I remember... I didn't use. I didn't even used to have allergies, oh. and then at, at some point it just started happening. Uh, and like last year was the first year, you know, I would my go to would be like Claritin mm. to like deal with it. Sure, and that was the first year that it really like just didn't do anything. Mm. So I had to kind of shop around, try different stuff, tried some Zyrtec. That know. didn't do anything for that you. That one helped a bit. Okay, but yeah, Kyle, you have allergies? Mm, not really. It depends, I guess. I mean, I feel like maybe sometimes, but not like seasonal, like where I have to take, you know, Claritin or something like that. Sure. I guess when there's a big windstorm and there's cottonwood, you know, going everywhere. Sure. Yeah. It makes me a little sneezy. But. Cherry blossoms are blossoming right now. And mm. I, I'm just like, mm, we, it's T minus 10 days until all of us come in with blowing noses mm. and coughs and colds. And yeah, it's just. Are good. the cherry blossoms oh, yeah. blossoming? They are definitely oh. full tilt right now. Full tilt? Yeah. Whoa. I mean, uh, blossoms are blossoming. It, it, they are it here. Yep, just like the hair is herring mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. you. Your hair is herring. I love it. I'm sorry. I'm super obsessed with your hair right now. It's curly and flow, and I just love it. I'm jealous. Well, that's what the wind and rain does. It, got, it well, really makes it. You know, takes on a life of its own. Got it. Takes on a life of its own. <laughs> All right. Yep. Oh, and I have some great news. You ready for some okay. great news? So, on the next episode of Kent Now. We are going to hear from our friends at the Seattle Thunderbirds. And you guys get this. We're going to talk to a little gal named Avery. Oh, okay. She is an elementary student who has her own little pod. It's called a little little bit of Avery thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. cute. (laughs) Her dad is Kent Firefighter here. And uh, she's a huge fan of the T-Birds. As a matter of fact, she plays on the little peewee league for the Seattle Thunderbirds too. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. So we're going to talk to her on the next episode as well as our friends over at the Seattle Thunderbirds. So I thought I'd give you something fun to think about there because it's a little bit of everything. I mean, the play on words is amazing. Yeah, perfect. I thought it was great. Now I need to ask, is that dad's idea or was that her idea? Mm. Hmm? Someone to keep an eye on. She yep. can do big things. Totally. And now, official... All right. During last week's Kent City Council meeting, uh, we actually had some really awesome recognitions happen toward the beginning of the meeting. Councilmember Tony Troutner was recognized for receiving the Association of Washington City's Advanced Certificate of Municipal Leadership. So this is just, you know, a program that um, council members and uh, municipal and, you know, local level elected officials participate in. Uh, training, education, mm-hmm. and they're able to get a certain amount of credits. And so uh, she reached that um, that level where she got that advanced certificate, which is just shows her dedication. We're really uh, glad to have her here on the Kent City Council. 
Uh, also during the recognition portion of the meeting, uh, Chief Padilla recognized three officers for their involvement in a bit of a scary situation, but thankfully due to their efforts, uh, was able to be diffused. So uh, Kent Police Officer Matt Fisher, who uh, was also recognized as our employee of the month, mm-hmm. Uh, Detective Chelsea James and Detective Malcolm Wilson were recognized with the Chief's Award of Exceptional Duty for actions they took to de-escalate a dangerous situation uh, that, you know, ultimately ended up with a uh, suspect in custody mm-hmm. and no one being harmed. Yeah. it's uh, It was a long, long process, too. I believe Chief had said it was over five hours. Yeah, the so. negotiation. Mm-hmm. During the meeting, the Parks Planning and Development Team also presented on their draft framework plan, so kind of you know, approaching the final plan, sort of working through that process uh, that's going to help guide the future of Mill Creek Canyon and Earthworks Park. Uh, We have talked at length before on the podcast about Earthworks Park and its really awesome, rich history. Uh, Mill Creek Canyon is a really great natural resource and um, environment, you know, natural area that we have here in Kent that has had some uh, increased and sustained cleanup efforts. And so, Basically, our parks department is taking a look at how, you know, what is the future of of Earthworks Park in Mill Creek Canyon? How can we, um, you know, incentivize residents to use these facilities, uh, increase the amenities, and just make it, you know, an even better place to go and and recreate, as we say. I love that. With your, you and your friends and family. Uh, There was a lot that happened, not only at the Kent City Council meeting, like Josh just talked about, but also Committee of the Whole, where there is discussion on renovations at Kent Commons as well. So if you want to watch our previous meetings or our Committee of the Whole, you can do so by going to kentlaw.gov, go to your government page, and you can click on watching some of those meetings. All right, so... Also in city business, uh, we're super excited because it is spring and summertime right around the corner and our new Kent Parks Spring and Summer Guide will be hitting your mailbox soon. So joining us today on Kent Now is our rec supervisor for Kent Parks, Kyle Nearhood. Thanks for having me. So Kyle, you work very closely with our park staff uh, involved in our programs and something new and exciting is on the way. I guess it's not new but our seasonal parks guide, right? That's going to be coming out in the spring. Uh, It's going to detail a lot of the classes, programs, fun recreation opportunities. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what they can expect in that new issue? Absolutely. Um, The Kent community has basically spoke through our sports programs that they like soccer. Um, So this spring, um, we're going to be offering second through eighth grade soccer for boys and girls. Um, the last two years, we have offered pre-K and K-1 soccer for those programs. But uh, this season, it's a new inaugural um, spring soccer program, and we're registering through March 5th. Um, and that season will get kicked off um, about a couple of weeks after that. Sweet. Okay. So kind of just like community feedback, input. You guys ask, you know, what do you want to see more of? Expand to different age groups. And then the community response was like soccer, 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 soccer. Yes. We have fall soccer programs that are also in the guide. Um, same age group. So we offer at ages three, um, all the way up through eighth grade. And so for the spring, we'll offer the same age groups and then fall. They're both in the guide. So I know that, um, you know, there's also like there's the sports programs, right? You have them for kids, for adults, for seniors even. Yeah. We have a senior pickleball. Senior pickleball. Um, Yeah. That's 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 very popular. It's full. 
Um, it's full. Almost. Yeah. Every day that we offer senior pickleball at the Kent Commons, um, and that those times are nine to 12. Um, it is a very popular program. Pickleball, oh, wow. pickleball is one of the largest, fastest growing sports right now uh, for that age group. Yeah. We've talked about it on the podcast as well, like how Kent has its own pickleball distribution company. And we were like, the pickleball capital of the world yeah, or something happening. Yeah. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. So great to know that that opportunity is there for our seniors. Um, so in addition to the sports programs that, you know, are available to all of our residents, there's also a lot of programs, as I understand it, you know, um, that aren't exactly, you know, throwing or kicking a ball. Could you tell us Correct. a bit about those? Yeah. Um, a couple of the highlighted programs we have are offering is the Seuss Creek Guided Walks. Um, you can join the Kent Parks and Seuss Creek volunteers for several guided walks throughout the spring and summer. So registration opens Tuesday, March 12th. Also, we have the Kent Community Garden. Um, mm. If you like, if you have a green thumb and you uh, would like to plant some herbs, vegetables, fruit, start registering Tuesday, March 6th at 10 a.m. Uh, for $55, you get a seven and a half by 19 foot plot and you'll be able to grow fresh produce there. Sweet. And then also we have specialty camps available this summer. You can check out our lineup of specialty camps from arts to sports, robotics, and cooking. Nice. Do you have a green thumb by chance, Kyle? I, we do have raised beds in, in our backyard. And oh, so nice. we like to do the mm. lettuce and, okay. you know, those smaller things like that, carrots, beets. Sweet. So you yeah. like go through the whole process. Do you use them in cooking? At yeah, we have well? a little herb garden too. Um, oh. That's my wife. She mm. does that, but okay. yeah. So are you like the supportive uh, that green pinky and she's like the thumb or how does that play pinky. out? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I just <laughs> like to, to tinker outside, like okay, to cool. have my yard look nice too. So uh, that's, mm -hmm. yeah, that's a, a way that you can get on a, an escape. Oh yeah, yeah for absolutely. sure. Yeah. I do. I have to admit, I do not have a green thumb. Um, I haven't done any sort of you know, gardening or planting a whole lot in my life. Like as a kid, you know, I'd go out like help my dad in the yard or whatever, but I've been gifted plants and, you know, as hard as I may try uh, with the watering and all that stuff, I, I seem to have a, a poor track record with houseplants. So that's, so maybe, maybe that'll be, you know, it's a little late for resolutions, but maybe I'll make that one. Yeah. Uh, something we can work on this year. And that community garden, it's pretty nice. It's right out behind the Showware Center. So Sweet. Um, yeah, that was actually can check uh, it out. recently yeah. relocated. Yes. Right? And there are also ADA accessible plots available as oh, well. Sweet. So Kyle, question for you. Actually, just want to point out we have two Kyles present on the podcast at two the moment. Two Kyles. So we're going to have, this is going to be the two Kyles section. All right. <laughs> so a question for both Kyles. Let's say you had to uh, you had to enroll in a one non-sports related activity through the commons, um, you know whether that's that's cooking or dancing. What would uh, what would that be? What, what are you going with? Non-sports related. Non-sports. So like one of the one of the classes or programs, right? Cooking. Cooking. Cooking's over here for sure. I love yeah. cooking. Okay. I yeah. mean that would be fun. Um, you know I like um, to play guitar. But I could always improve on that, so I there would probably go. take a guitar class. Sweet. Hey, maybe you could uh, you could join the uh, the instruction. Yes. Be a bit of a <laughs> of a master there. Um, we have current job openings. Uh, we are currently looking for youth and adult volleyball officials, youth soccer officials, and youth track officials. Just kind of some fun highlights that we have for the spring. That was it was it kind of in the guide. Our youth spring volleyball practices are just getting started, um, so we're still registering on a space of all basis. Uh, we have 303 participants right now in grades 2nd through 12th grade, 
Uh, boys and girls participating on 32 teams. Elementary track is just getting ready to go. We have participants from all 29 elementary schools. Uh, there wow. will be over 1,200 participants in that program. Wow. And are expected for the first track meets slated to begin the week of March 25th. Uh, meets are held Monday through Thursday at Wilson Playfield. So if anybody wants to check that out, it's pretty cool for fourth and fifth graders. That's awesome. Kent youth sports are, are popping. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Love that. Um, and just remember, we have a, uh, programs for all ages. Um, and then also the Kent Commons. We're just getting ready to do a remodel. Mm. Um, it's slated to start March 18th. So there's going to be more information to come on that. It's really, honestly, so, so good to hear that. Our, um, our parks department, uh, you know, partners so great with the Kent School District and, nor and um, you know, our surrounding cities and programs and that we just have this such a robust system for kids, you know, as well as adults and seniors to participate in all of these activities. Yes. Something that, uh, that I noticed, you know, in the news uh, this year is that actually some of our high school sports here in Kent had athletes going and competing on an, on a state level. So if uh, if you're listening and you have kids, um, throwing them into Kent Parks programs is a great way to get them started, get them uh, training up and ready to go so that by the time they get to high school, they'll be um, you know, making you guys proud. Absolutely. So yeah, for all of nice. these programs, mm -hmm. right, um, such a variety, which is great. Where do families, Kent families, kids go to sign up if they want to learn more um, you know, share it with friends. How do they, how do they do that? They can go to mykentparks.com um, and then access our online guide there. Um, or they can call the Kent Commons. I can give the number 253-856-5100 or come into the Kent Commons Community Center and uh, register in person. There Perfect. you go. Perfect. Straight from Kyle. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us. Um, always a pleasure to have our park staff join us and share some of the amazing opportunities and fun, exciting things happening in Kent Parks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So joining us today, Tracy and Kyle, we have Stacy Judd and Sarah Wood from our police department, and they're going to talk a bit about Neighborhood Block Watch, what that is, how to get involved, and all things Kent PD. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So, you know, I I'm sure a lot of members of our community have a general sense of block watch like it's featured in media you know it's in tv shows it's in some movies right um like when i imagine it i imagine maybe like more of a caricature like a comical version like you, the night watchman like some really like uptight parent kind of like patrolling the streets with like a vest and light but is that accurate or what are we what are we talking about here like from the office yes I don't know exactly. if you saw that one but yeah mm -hmm. it can be that way okay. it really can be whatever the neighborhood finds useful and valuable to prevent crime. Um, it's a very much a strategy, a proven strategy pre to prevent, especially residential burglaries, as well as other criminal activity like vehicle prowls and thefts and things that might occur in a neighborhood. Um, it just gives extra eyes and ears out there. Um, we have any given time between eight and 10 police officers driving in a black and white patrol car across the city. Um, and so extra eyes and ears in your neighborhood is really valuable and important to prevent those criminal activities from happening. Absolutely. So walk me through, you know, the process. Like, let's say I'm I'm part of a neighborhood council or I, I you know, I'm a resident in Kent um, and I, I want to go about forming one of these groups. I want, you know, uh, my community members around me to kind of get together and say, hey, you know, these incidents have happened or we want to prevent, you know, break in or something from happening. How would I go about starting that? Um, well, the first thing that you need to do is get some neighbors to help you. 
Um, it's always, always helpful. It's always helpful um, when you're not doing it by yourself and you've got some buddies to work on the rest of your neighborhood together. So it's always good to get neighbors to help. Um, it's also usually what we say is a block watch is 10 to 20 homes per neighborhood. Like, so one neighborhood could have 10 block watches in it if it's oh, a okay. larger neighborhood. So each block watch would have a captain. So when you're looking for neighbors to help, it's definitely helpful to find them that spread out throughout the neighborhood and find those that want to help. Um, then the next thing to do would be to hold a neighborhood meeting or go to door to door to talk about what Block Watch is and the fact that it is a proven strategy to reduce crime. And at that meeting, you would want a map of your neighborhood and a place where neighbors could write down contact information, um, put their kind of dot on the map so you can see where people live because that's really the setup of a block watch mm -hmm. is having a map and some form of communication for all the neighbors. Because the idea is if there is a crime that happens in the neighborhood, then after 911 is called, then information goes out to the rest of the neighborhood saying, hey, we just had a, you know, a vehicle break in, um, you know, they left backpacks in the car, the car was left unlocked. You know, make sure you check everything before you come into your house, that your car's locked, nothing's left in it. And it also creates a greater awareness for the neighborhood that these things do happen in their neighborhood and they need to keep an eye out for each other. Gotcha. Yeah. So it sounds like it's, um, you know, really the cornerstone is is that community information sharing, like building that trust um, and being able to communicate with your neighbors quickly um, and kind of being all on the same page as far as, you know, what's happening where you live. And neighbors are really good at knowing who belongs there and who does not belong there, right? So yeah. your day in day, coming and going, who's familiar with who, what kids live where, what animal belongs to what house. Block Watch is really a great way too to connect the pieces that way. So those neighbors that live there are the ones that can identify what's not normal, right? And that right. what not normal piece is really what we want neighbors to tune into and to call our non-emergency number or call 911 when those things happen because you know what's normal for your neighborhood and what's not. Gotcha. And so the this Block Watch program, for as I understand it, is from comes out of the and is supported by the PD's community education unit, right? Could you tell us a little bit about um, sort of the goals of the community education unit and um, sort of how they go about um, promoting you know, these best practices? Sure. Uh, as a community education unit, we focus on a wide variety of topics. Um, and we also work very closely with our neighborhood response team officers. So between Sarah and I, we have the city divided into sectors. And so Sarah is the representative for the Valley and the West Hill. And I'm the representative for the East Hill. So it gives us a better focus on those neighborhoods and then uh, we work with neighborhood response team officers to really focus on quality of life issues for people in our sectors. So a lot of what we do in addition to Block Watch, we help with Coffee with the Chiefs, Kent PD community meetings. Sarah works, she's the Target Zero Manager for King County, so focuses on any of the, you know, distracted driving campaigns, traffic safety, that sort of thing. And then um, we also work closely with the schools. We have our Kent Police Student Board and our Game of Life Conference and a number of other things that we focus on. Mm -hmm. And so we communicate, we try to communicate with the community a number of different ways to let them know about these events. 
So we um, just started a newsletter that goes out the last Thursday of every month. So we send that out to all of our contacts. We also work through social media to advertise events um, and, the, and the community calendar on the city's webpage. So we try to all the places. all places. Yeah, no, I don't know if I left anything good. out. No, I think you covered it. Comprehensive. Mm -hmm. So as I understand it too, there is an event coming up. Like if, if you wanted to be forming or part of a block watch, right? And that's supported by the police department? Yes. Yes, we have a Block Watch 101 class coming up Tuesday, March 12th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at our Kent East Hill Fire Police Training Center on 116th. This is a great way for neighbors and neighbors that want to start a Block Watch up or they want to reinvigorate one that they've had, that do they need to kind of update contact information and neighbors are coming and going, moving, that they want to, you know, make sure that everything's current. Um, our neighborhood response team officers, as well as Stacy and I, will be there presenting information on crime trends that we're seeing, kind of updated crime trends, uh, legal update information in terms of a lot of what's happening at the state level with legislation around law enforcement. Um, we'll also cover how to do a block watch, why to do a block watch, things we've talked about here. Um, and then hopefully neighbors that attend leave knowing what they need to do and the next steps to get their block watch up and running. And once they have that up and running, which really means forming your block watch, giving, getting one of us... Whoever sector you live in, um, the map of the of the neighborhood and a communications tree, email, phone tree. Then we send out um, block watch signs to be installed in the neighborhood. So it's okay. one of those visual pieces that you know the eye, the watchful deterrent. eye. Yes, this is yeah. this is we're we're an organized block watch. Um, stay away. So block watch sounds like a great ongoing program that you can uh, that residents can easily be a part of. Reach out to the PD to learn more information. Attend this event, right? But block watch. And, um, you know, Coffee with Chief, these aren't the only kind of events we have, right? There is one in particular that happens every year that is a lot of fun, and that is... That's National Night Out. National Night Out. Yes. And this year, it is going to be on Tuesday, August 6th. It's always the first Tuesday in August, and we will open registration in May. And that's a great reason for you to get together with your neighbors, get visitors from different departments throughout the city, and have a great time. Yeah, so I've actually had the opportunity to be a part of a couple national night outs. It's been very fun, you know, for residents that aren't aware. I mean, I'm sure many of our listeners are. They've probably, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, I, I would assume that, you know, you're pretty in touch with with what's going on around the city. You might be part of a, um, national, night out group, a national night out group. Um, but essentially, you know, our um, police officers and city staff and employees will go out um, – meet with these neighborhood groups who have uh, previously decided they want to host a national night out. It's fun. They have food, games, officers come out, meet with uh, the residents and neighbors and really just get to know them, um, build that trust, build those relationships. Yeah. And it's not just for neighborhoods. We've had uh, the YMCA in Kent last year hosting an event for you know, people that go to the Y and it was a great time. They had cornhole set up, a big, huge barbecue mm -hmm. Uh, so it was great to to have them participate, and we've had businesses do it in the past, apartment complexes. Um, really, it's for for anyone that wants to kind of have a old fashioned community picnic, is what I compare it to. Hmm. Who doesn't love an old fashioned community <laughs> picnic? So yeah, that's and that's just you know one of many awesome programs we have going on throughout the summer. Um, but National Night Out is once a year, so 
Definitely don't want to miss it. And you get a cool t-shirt. And we give neighborhoods that participate and register with us a, a bag of giveaways for their neighbors too. So they get all kinds of PD and other city department swag there and national night out swag. giveaways. Yep. All Heard kinds of swag. Mm -hmm. We a good know time. our residents love the Kent swag. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, we're going to tease something later on in the podcast about an exciting swag opportunity if you come out to the state of the city. Oh, nice. oh. Is that, that is anything? a tease. More community education unit information is on our Kent Police website. Um, that's kentwa.gov forward slash police and just click on community education. It'll take you to all of our different events and programs information. We have a community police academy coming up, an advanced session starting in May. Um, we'll have registration on that here soon. Um, so everything that we work on and put on throughout the year are, are all held on that website. So, so take a look. What exactly is that, um, the police academy? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so each year, twice a year, typically we have, we offer a community police academy. It's a 10 week long uh, academy where we bring in a variety of different disciplines and police employees to talk about their jobs. We cover everything from use of force, legal update, patrol, um, crime scene investigations, canine comes out and does some demo. We do, we have the SWAT team come in and then we get to do some hands-on building clearing um, and oh, really? use our use of force simulator machine. Yeah. So this is the first time we're going to be offering an advanced community academy where those that have attended our basic community academy can come back and attend the advanced oh, session. That's super exciting. Where we just kind of dig into some of those topics a little bit more that we didn't have time to do during the basic. So. All right. So if you uh, had a chance to do the uh, community academy last time, here you go. Taking it a uh, step up. Taking it advanced. <laughs> yes. All right. Sounds well, like an adult summer camp almost. <laughs> I know. Sounds fun. But very educational. Mm -hmm. And fun too. Yes. We do have fun. Well, Stacy and Sarah, thanks so much for joining us on Kent Now. And we will look forward to hearing from you again on the podcast in the future, I'm sure. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you very much. Our Parks Department also presented to the council a consultant services agreement um, for North Bernadine Park. They have a conceptual plan going for future renovations at that location. Always great to see investments being made in our park system. You know, we have a really beautiful and expansive, really, park system here in Kent. Uh, playgrounds, play fields, um, you walking know, trails, walking trails, trails, horseshoe pits. I know that was just put Wait, in at like um, Van Dorn's Landing. Oh, you know, we got pickleball courts. Yep. We got fishing holes. The works, fishing holes. <laughs> so all of the things, all the things, all the things for everybody. And you know, our parks department staff care deeply about all of these facilities. And so each and every year, you know, budget is allocated by the council for uh, renovations and improvements at different locations. Uh, and, you know, we do really care about what the community has to say, constantly looking for input on the next big, you know, priority projects, what amenities uh, community members would like to see at these different park locations. Uh, and if you want to participate in that process, it's kind of, it's pretty much ongoing. Yeah. Uh, and you can, you can go to engagekentparks.com uh, to do that. All of the pop-ups that they hold, all of the, um, they're just looking for public feedback on everything. And so this is your opportunity to have your voice heard. I love those pop-up events. You know, they'll, they'll kind of just, particularly during the summer, they do them a lot more during the summer, but mm -hmm. they do them year round. They'll like, yeah, just select a location, throw up the tent, have some cool swag. Right. You know, sometimes they'll have the the spinny board. And during the meeting, our public work staff all, also gave an update on our Mill Creek reestablishment project and sort of the, the plan encompassing the dredging of Mill Creek, 
Um, you know, the city has been engaged in a permitting process with the federal government for several years, but some changes uh, have happened recently that have that project potentially uh, moving forward. But some changes have happened recently that is uh, changing the timeline on that project, mm -hmm. and we'll have uh, some more information to share with our residents uh, soon. Public Works staff also talked about a uh, grant application that they're filling out uh, for the Boeing Rock Creek Recreation and Habitat Enhancement Cooperative. It's a mouthful, that but is. important. Yeah. Habitat uh, conservation, uh, sustainability practices, and just ensuring that, you know, that we're taking care of our environment, our biodiversity, our ecosystems is all very important priorities for the Kent City Council and our public works environmental staff. And uh, we actually have a whole page, several pages mm -hmm. actually on our website that detail the city's policies uh, positions, procedures, and projects. A lot of P words. Wow. wow I just, you just, just roll, roll them, them off. out exactly. there. I'm wow. impressed, honestly. Uh, <laughs> all, you can find them all on our website. Um, yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm still in shock <laughs> that I managed to, what, what was it? Policies, <laughs> priorities, procedures, and projects. Yes. You know? Wow. Um, the major P's. And then finally, uh, Last but not least, one of the other major highlights we want to talk about about the council meeting was uh, staff presentation on our downtown sub-area action plan, uh, a plan for managing Kent's growth. Um, the Puget Sound Regional Council is the organization that distributes grants for many of these types of projects. Mm -hmm. And there has been a lot of great work happening downtown, like, for example, the Meet Me Our Meeker project, right. um, some some other work happening um, throughout that area to just increase connectivity, uh, density, uh, accessibility to businesses and just, um, safer walking paths and crossings, and that work will continue. Uh, Mayor's actually going to talk, uh, give us some some great updates about um, this plan in particular and some of the great work happening coming to downtown at the State of the City event. I'm looking forward to that. That's coming up. Mayor's State of the City event is coming up on March 21st. Okay, so now that we've talked about all of the fun things here happening in the city, let's talk about the fun things that everybody can participate in. Kent Kids Art Day. Okay. So if you're a kid listening or you got kids and you're listening and you love art, this is the event for you. It's happening at the Kent Commons Community Center on Saturday, March 9th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. You can bring your kid down. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun celebration with over 12 different hands-on projects mm -hmm. led by professional artists. Mm -hmm. uh, big deal. You can also get your hands dirty with some of the, uh, what they're dubbing the Hands in Wax Project. Oh, I love that game. Oh, or, it's a game? It's not, I, see, well, I was about I mean, to say I don't know what project. that is. Mm, okay. Activity. Yeah. Activity. I think that activity is a good one um, where you stick your hand in hot wax and you can like make it look like a claw or you can do whatever you want your make hand. Oh. Yeah. You, like it hold, you can hold something, put it in there and then, yeah, it's wow. really neat. So if you like to get your hands dirty, want to get creative, there's also going to be some, um, you know, favorite arts, traditional projects mm. there. Uh, there's also going to be live music from local performers, some food trucks. You can learn more and sign up at kentwa.gov slash events. And, well, I don't want to say last but not least, um, Kent Station is having their annual Cocoa Crawl once again, where you go around Kent Station, you collect the clues you and supplies, of course, to craft a delicious cup of hot cocoa. This is actually a fun event for the whole family. It's free with a donation benefiting Vine Michael... Hmm? <laughs> Vine ma what? Who? Hold on. What? Vine Maple Place. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Vine Maple Place. 
bring that donation down. You drop it off at Mama Startini's. And of course, if you want more information about how you can craft your delicious cup of cocoa for the Kent Station Cocoa Crawl, go to kentstation.com slash events. So we have also already mentioned State of the City happening Thursday, March 21st at 7 p.m. at Kent Meridian High School. We're going to keep plugging it, please. We want you there. We want you there. It's going to be a really great update. There's going to be food. Yep. There's going to be a awesome what, photos know, and video. You want to know what kind of food's coming? Tell you, me. You ready? I'm ready. Barbecue Pete's. Oh. Uh, we have Biblos. Okay. They're okay. coming. Deli O'Clock. Oh my gosh. They're also coming with some fun little appetizers. Are appetizers fun? I don't know. But yeah, they're probably I delicious. Think they're fun. Yeah. And then, of course, Project Feast. And they're bringing the sweets. They're bringing are, our A game. Yeah. They're bringing sweet treats for everyone at uh, State of the City. So I'm really excited about this. And of course, their partnership with us uh, for Mayor State of the City. And on the subject of Mayor, uh, she is having a kind of a kickoff of our coffee and conversation uh, event series happening this year. Um, it's something that she likes to do pretty regularly. Um, so we're kicking it off here on Wednesday, March 13th from 1230 to 130 p.m. at the Senior Activity Center. Uh, this is a really good opportunity for engaged residents like all of you listening to this podcast. Um, and, you know, if you have friends or family that have questions or are curious about any thing, anything that really the city is working on, programs or services is a great opportunity for you to show up, uh, meet Mayor Ralph, mm-hmm. ask questions, have some coffee. You and know, lunch. You, you and can lunch. get lunch at the Senior Center, yeah, too. if you're not a coffee person, you know, probably got some tea. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Some water. Sure. Uh, some orange juice. I don't know. Mm. But, nice. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a good one. And that's, again, on March 13th. All right. It's my favorite time of the pod. You know what time it is? What time is it? my favorite time, Josh. I love this. You bring the knowledge every single time. Um, you know, we like to cover all kinds of weird, fun tidbits, historical facts mm-hmm. and stuff. So this episode, we're going to be talking a bit about the Mill Creek Historic District mm. here in Kent. Okay. So uh, the Historic District, you know, didn't, didn't always exist, mm. right? At some point, it had to become Historic, Historic, right? right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the Mill Creek neighborhood itself has been, you know, around for a while, uh, kind of cropped up simply enough, right? You know, some homes, cities developing, people putting homes there, living life, having a a good (laughs) old grand Mm. time. Yep. And um, so the story goes that, you know, some fence talk oh, among oh, neighbors oh, uh, about the ages of their homes, right? And like the origins kind of led to conversations where they discovered that some of their homes were over 100 years old. There are still some that are over 100 years old here in Kent. Absolutely. Uh, and that is the, the spark, oh, the spark. Of, the, of the historic <laughs> district. Got it. Yep. And so it turns out that, you know, when these when these residents were having these conversations, uh, timing was aligned and it was just perfect, mm-hmm. right? Because the city of Kent had just established its neighborhood program, something you know, I know that a lot well. about, mm-hmm. Tracy. Yes. Um, a group of neighbors then actually took action to form a recognized council at that time. And then the Mill Creek neighborhood officially joined Kent's neighborhood program in 2007. Yep. And they're still thriving. They are still thriving. Um, and for those of 
of you who don't know, Tracy is our neighborhood program coordinator, general leader. I don't know. General is like, that's really, that's just what came to mind. Okay. Well, sorry. I'll just take the coordinator part. Coordinator. I like that. She coordinates. Yes. And all the things. Mm -hmm. So then we're going to fast forward, right? Uh, In 2009, the Mill Creek Neighborhood Council officers actually applied and received a grant from the city's at the time newly created neighborhood grant program, Mm -hmm. a program that we still have today that disperses funds to our neighborhood councils for all kinds of different things from community events to community amenities. um, Beautifying their neighborhoods. Yep. Beautification, uh, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Right. Communications. So the Mill Creek neighborhood leveraged that grant funding to uh, essentially put in plaques throughout the neighborhood and really just featuring the photos and stories from the neighborhood, some of the history there. Through that plaque program, as they called it, uh, participating homes installed these metal plaques, all each identifying the year the house was built and the house's original owner or builder. In 2011 and 2015, Hmm. the neighborhood received additional grants, Mm -hmm. so they... Got more. Went back for more. Yep. Good for them to add more plaques and expand the number of houses in the book. So when I say book, there is actually a book that this neighborhood, uh, the Mill Creek Historic District and neighborhood put together to kind of commemorate their neighborhood. And that is held by the Greater Kent Historical Society as well um, in their exhibit mm-hmm. and place. I've seen it. It's, She's seen it. I have. I've seen it. It's real. And some of those plaques are still at the front of the homes. Uh, if you are just to kind of come up as you were to go to the um, Kent Historical Museum Society building or home, I should say, mm-hmm. you see them right smack dab on the front of the, the homes. It's really cool. Sweet. Yeah. Really feels like you're walking through. Time. Time there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So something else that was cool is through the research that the neighborhood and uh, historic district did, um, they found that four past mayors of Kent, as well as three past Greater Kent Historical Society presidents, once lived in that neighborhood. Stop it. So that's like, that's like the neighborhood. The neighborhood. I was going to say that is the elite of the elite living there, (laughs) right? Uh, It seems that way. We got presidents and stuff there. The neighborhood is home to the Kent Historical Museum, and um, which also has a well-preserved kind of collection mm-hmm. of items, um, furniture, furniture, paintings, mm-hmm. d- documents, just like history. Right? Silverware. There's silverware. In silverware. There. Do mm-hmm. they have? You think that they got those kind of spoon collections where it goes they from do. the small to the big spoons? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like those. <coughs> yes, they do. I don't. I've I, seen it <laughs> on the kitchen table. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Fascinating. We had a drinks I, I in the driveway. Sure. I'll, I'll just, by saying this, not to get off topic, we had a drinks in the driveway there and they had the table set up and everything. It was really pretty. Oh, it was really cool awesome. to see. Yeah. That was cool. Did you guys dress up in like historical? No, we did wear? not. But you know, if given the opportunity, I would have done that because that I be always look for a reason to dress up for something. Oh, that's always fun. Love that. Got to commit to the bit. The Mill Creek neighborhood is directly associated with the city's social and commercial development as well. Many of the town's leading citizens actually built residences and lived there. Uh, So some of Mill Creek neighborhood streets and avenues are actually named after some of the early pioneers who settled the Kent Valley. Hmm. Jason Avenue North is named after Jason S. Clark, just west of Jason Avenue North and Clark Avenue North. So he he got the James and the Clark. He wasn't, he wasn't messing around. No. He got two. Dang it. A twofer. So it's named after him and a local photographer, 
LW Clark. Oh. So it's like a Clarkception going on. Wait, what? <laughs> Clarkception? Well, there was James Clark, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's LW Clark. Wow. There's a lot of Clarks. It's a Clarky place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my dog's name. Clark. Clark. It's Tracy's dog's name. <laughs> Interesting. Is Clark going to move over to the Mill Creek Historic District some sometime? No. No? Mm-hmm. He's perfectly fine in Auburn. Okay. <laughs> Um, East Smith Street is actually named for Lysander Smith, who is a historical figure. Would that have anything to do with the Smith Brothers farm? Um, because Smith Brothers is in Kent. Yeah, I uh, the the sourcing that we're that we're looking at for mm. this. Did you know? Doesn't actually mention that, but um, sounds like there might I be feel something like there. Smith is. Yeah, I think I think we might be able to perhaps suggest that. Okay. Um, plausible. It could be plausible. I like it. I like it. And uh, Alvord Avenue North is named after Thomas Alvord. Don't know who that is, but I guess he was an important guy. That's an interesting name. Alvord, like A L like A L V O R D. Oh, that's actually when you even when you say it letter by letter, it's A L V O R D. I like it. You know? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Cool name. To really button things up here, uh, fast forwarding to June 2014, with the support of the Kent Historical Museum, Mm. uh, the neighborhood sought uh, the approval of the Kent City Council to nominate part of the Mill Creek neighborhood as a City of Kent Landmark Mm. Historic District, right? The City Council did unanimously approve that nomination uh, for consideration by the King County Landmarks Commission. So, you know, the council can't, you know, it's not really... It's a process, yeah. right? Like we we submit our our request to the landmarks commission. Uh, Ken has a few different landmarks, and they all have to follow that that process, right? Um, so they officially submitted that in 2014, and then the Mill Creek Historic District was officially designated as a king as a city Ken landmark uh, historic district in November of 2014. Wow. And then finally, the King County Landmarks Commission and the neighborhood celebrated with a special ceremony uh, in 2015. And to this day, the Mill Creek Historic District, like Tracy mentioned, got the plaques, got the really cool different uh, styles, a representative of history. Uh, the area is home to the museum. And it's really just like a great blast from the past mm-hmm. and still Kent area, you know? So, just to kind of put this on the radar, during the summer, they do a walking tour of those homes oh, with yeah. the plaques. So, you can walk through and you can go check them out. It's actually very, very fascinating. It's one of the first things that I did when I took the job here in Kent. It was like, I need to know a little bit more about this. That is so, what would we, what would we say, like diligent or yeah. of you? Oh, thanks. That's, that's good. Well, I also like old homes. You know what we should do though? I want to talk to the, we, we need to go talk to the Historical Society Museum because I think we need to incorporate cosplay as part of this whole, oh. you know, like I want to be walking in there with my, my whole garb, garbs yeah. and suit or mm-hmm. whatever sure. and my pocket watch, pocket watch and yep. my monocle and stuff. <laughs> Why is it, I, yeah, I can see you with the Top monocle the too. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, exactly. Yeah. I feel like that would really be immersive. Got a cane. Um, I can see Kyle coming in in his work gear. <laughs> there you go. Stuff. Some, uh, what, what would that be like? Some overalls? Yeah. 
Great. No, <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. It's farmer no, Kyle not, over there. <laughs> Kyle's not a fan of no, overalls, I'm not I guess. calling you a farmer. Just I'm just saying. It's like, to the pH. listen, I would, I would be out there milking cows. So if that makes you feel any better. Oh, that's funny. Okay. All right. That's what we got for uh, Did You Know <laughs> Did this you week. Know? Now we know. Now we do know. Well, that's it. We're all done. All right. Another great Uh, podcast. Episode number four in the books. In the books. Good stuff, everybody. Totally. Looking forward to next time. Yep. It's been fun, y'all. See you. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. We want to hear from you. Share your thoughts and ideas with us at communications at kentwa.gov or connect with us on our social media at City of Kent on Facebook and X, or check out kentwa.gov for what's happening in Kent. Thanks again for listening.